Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business owners. Today, I catch up with my friend, Troy Abalakian, owner of HiCorp, an intergenerational family-owned development business with a billion-dollar pipeline. HiCorp is one of the best examples I've ever come across when it comes to business strategy, being a fully integrated development company. We discussed all things strategy and how you can create a huge point of difference and strategic advantage for your business, the importance of systems and operations and how they enable you to scale and how culture and team can be a point of difference that makes the difference. Troy is a really knowledgeable, enthusiastic guy. I had a fantastic time talking to him. Enjoy the show. Very nice to meet you, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What you just said to me before, Laura, clapped and got us going, um, I'm really relating to, which is that te- technology and construction are incredibly similar. And being part, I mean, I've, I've had a chat with your brother before, and so I know a bit about your business, but having a, a, a company like yours high corp which is uh, how did you describe it it's a, it's a it's a development company that's fu- fully integrated that's right that's so right. you take care of like um everything from the you're the developer the builder you run the sales the design what else is there to do post construction so, building so, management yeah so so that's uh, hard acquisitions um sales acquisitions and then our in-house project marketing sales as well. So we do everything in-house. And you've been in business. It's a family business. You're yourself, two brothers, you're, you're old man yep. running. How long has the business been around for? The business has been around for around 30 years. The last kind of 10 to 15 years have been the really chaotic years when I guess the three of us have really you know got involved at a very um, intense level. So... Don't get me wrong. We came into a fantastic business that was, you know, that was a real, uh, you know, ha- get your hands dirty business. Uh, you know, there was, you know, there wasn't the most structure and process and systems, but it was a true development company that did everything in, that it did everything in house. Right? Didn't start that way. So, you know, when you go into something, you always get someone else to do it and watch how they do it, and then you kind of go, you know, what I can do it better than you now that I understand it. But it, it, everything just became in-house overnight. And so when we came in, so our involvement in the business was, okay, everything's in-house now. Let's create some structure and process to how it's in-house, right? It's okay, yes, we do sales. Yes, we do marketing. Yes, we do design. But, you know, what are the processes? What are the systems? And we can't do it this way. It's too tiring to do it like how we're doing it. So that's that's the last 15 years of change to make it easier to do what is ultimately quite hard as being integrated but to do it easier. And, and that, that's, I guess, what the brothers are bringing to the fold. You know, it, it's that next generation. Uh, it, it's, I mean, literally the generation of family is taking over, is, is the business is coming into, but it also takes that business into the next generation of business, which is to scale, you need systems and, and procedures. And, and often like the first gen, was your old man, the, the, the founder of the business he started? Right, that's right. Um, uh, typically the first generation, particularly like first generation migrants, they, they were in a trade and then they started, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I'll do it myself. And they, they just got their hands dirty. They, they never thought, uh, and often they weren't trained, and, and correct me if I'm wrong how your old man is, but they weren't trained on systems and procedures. They were trained on, okay, I've got to build a unit or a building. I'm just going to build a building. I'm going to talk to this person, do that, do the concrete, whatever. I'm just going to, it's going to happen. And this is how much I'm going to make because this is how much I'm going to spend. I'm not going to spend more than that. And I can sell it for this. And, and that's, I mean, basically every great business has started from someone who just starts and gets the job done. They don't stop and say, oh, you know, I need a system and procedure, but for the business then to get to that next level where they start doing, because you guys are doing uh, uh, large numbers of uh, numbers, mostly you do uh, apartment buildings. Apartments is our focus, but we've got a large project that's a mixture of um, retirement village, uh, aged care and aged care. Okay. Wow. And and you guys are doing big numbers of apartments to start doing that and to have the business running uh, like what I would like to, what I call safely, which is that, you know, uh, 
everything's written on a piece of paper. You know, this is how things work. And if someone leaves or it doesn't matter, the next person knows how to how to do that. So really the business needs to become more secure because it's bigger. That's right. And and that's that's what it sounds like what, what, what you guys are bringing so da- to So that. dad came from a trade background, so he was a panel beater. So he wasn't in the building game from the start. So, but panel beating, you know, you've got a workshop and problems come in and then they get resolved and then it's solved. But every, every person that works, the cars are under your nose right there in the shop. When you're building, your project is not under your nose, right? Unless you, you make it under your nose, right? And his, his style was panel shop, the cars are there under my nose, I can watch them. So his management of construction was like that too. So he'd spend all morning and even into the afternoon on site solving the problems. That's just not feasible. And it's just not a viable option when you want to grow a business and do multiple sites, right? Because there's only one of you. So yes, there's three of us, but systems and processes, the the way I like to summarize it, I don't want people to say, do what we did last job, right? Because do what we did last job means that no one documented what we did last job. We've got to remember what we did last job. Right, so that was the rhetoric that was spoken a lot. Okay, what do we do last job for this? What do we do last job for this? I was like, guys, document it. So that question doesn't go around and people's opinions come and it becomes Chinese whispers and what we did last job gets morphed into something different because everyone's like, oh, didn't we do that? Or did we do that? Or did we do that? So the speed of decisions, the speed of what we do is way quicker because it's documented, right? And that's what process is essentially, right? Process is just documenting how you do things, making sure you've got account and accountability, right? If you don't document it, no one's accountable. The boss is always accountable if you don't document it because I, I told you this. I, that's what happened. We agreed on this. And it's like, okay, shit. Did you document it? Is it, is it, is it written down? It, it's so true. Yeah. Like, because then there's always an excuse there's always the possibility for someone to give you an excuse. Oh no, that's not what we said. Oh, I misunderstood. You know, it's like you misunderstood. It, it, no matter anything that goes wrong or anything that's done incorrectly, and particularly uh, on construction where you can't have room for, there's no room for error. You, you, Everything gets multiplied by a thousand. Exactly. Right? So if you, if you agree on a detail for something, if you get it wrong once, you get it wrong a thousand times. That's really bloody scary, right? So everything is a whole, is a, before we do it, what are we trying to achieve? Let's stop agree on it, get it all signed off happy, and then go and do it a thousand times. Right? You can't stop the thousand times happening, right? But just get it right a thousand times, right? Because everything multiplies. And that's that's a really scary thought because that times 50 or 100 different trades you've got on a job means you've got a room for a lot of error, right? So our job is just to sh- close the risk of any errors as much as possible. And the only way you can do that is through documenting it and empowering your staff to take accountability. It's yeah. the only way. Systems and operations, they help you scale and they help you scale without risk. They Absolutely. make your business safer. Absolutely. I also think the the other thing um, that, that it does is it helps you uh, be more defensible against um, uh, staff in the sense that, you know, if you're a business that doesn't have your systems operations written down so someone could take over any particular role, if someone leaves, yeah, and, and normally especially uh, – a business of your size is, is probably different, but in a like an SME, if someone leaves, you haven't got a backup person yet, and they can leave. Employees can just leave. It's not like a business where oh, you got to give you two months time, and I've got to pay you, and I've got to work with you, make sure employees can be like, yeah, see, I I, I, I want to do something else. Like that concept is bullshit, right? That someone needs two months to hand over what they've done. That's bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, if you've got a good business, right? I'm not saying that we're there, right? But it should be within. 24 hours, they should be able to handle whatever, whatever they've done because the systems are so strong. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's clients, there's um, customers that you need to speak to to communicate the change. But it should be business as usual pretty quickly if you've got good systems because and like, because it's ridiculous that some you know someone needs four to six week handover. Look, unless they're like an executive, right? And I'll say level executive, right? They, they kind of need time to kind of, bring a new person in, understand the culture. But but really, a handover should be really quick if someone exits the business. Well, no, I think that what you're describing is yeah. that your, your understanding of the importance of having everything documented so that anyone could come, like particularly you could come into that person's role and be like, all right, I know what's going on. 
and like that's the vi- that's the dream. That's yeah. the vision where you could just switch someone out in 24 hours and, and the business still operates as usual. And and don't get me wrong, large corp- corporations, big business does that exceptionally well. Yeah. Um, but that's something that smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses can learn from. You know, and that's a tool if that if they focus on that can help them um get to that next level. They should never rely on that, right? But they should build their business on that, right? Because really small teams every person's valuable, right? And you don't want someone to feel like if they leave, then in 24 hours you can replace them, right? Because that's just not culture, good culture in a small business, right? You should set your business up like that. So when you do grow one day, you've already, you've, you know, when you said scaling up before, right? You don't want to scale up chaos, right? Because then you've got a really fucked business, right? You want to make sure that you scale up a solid foundation and solid foundations are really Yes, you can act in some things like a big business, but at heart, you are still always a small business, right? And that's how we'd like to run our business. And are you talking, so while getting bigger, you're maintaining the the small business culture? Totally. Totally. Systems of a big business, culture of a small. Yeah, I think think that's important, right? I think it's it's important that culture is a small in terms of everyone's, you know, everyone knows each other well. Right, you can have a hundred staff, and you can still know everyone's what they did. You can still everyone should know what everyone did on the weekend with a hundred staff. That's not a small business. It's not a huge business, but still, like there shouldn't be people that don't know each other, don't converse with each other, and that's you should try and keep that culture as long as possible because that's when businesses build resilience because their team are friends with each other, mm. right? And they'll cover each other's back when they need help. If they just not, I'm in for a job, and that's all I do. This is my role. You. Big businesses do that really well, but it's if you can, you got to wait as long as you can to then have that. But just make sure you've got some systems and processes that facilitate that. No, I know what you're saying. It, yeah. It's it's if I care about if I like Laura, we're from me and Laura friends. If Laura needs help with her role or needs help with being able to do something because I like Laura, I'm going to help Laura do it. If I didn't, if we didn't have that relationship, maybe Laura's role gets hindered if she can't do that. So by making your team friends, they just become a more resilient team. I also think that it prevents people from being poached because mm. it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not just trading money for money or or um, money for like or, or, or role for role. I'm losing the people that totally. I enjoy working with. Totally, totally. And, and, Perhaps most importantly, I'm losing a great boss, which I love working with my boss. Um, the cult- culture is the key, right? Mm. And it's very competitive. And, and you know, construction, design businesses, we have competition in our business. Just like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts with tech entrepreneurs, same thing, right? Like, like and an important one for me is Atlassian, right? I find that Atlassian's a really good where look at it, right? These guys came into a market where Google and and Facebook and all these guys were the buzz places to be. And they go, geez, we can't get anyone. There's not many people that can do much work in this industry. There's not enough skilled people that can do it. So if we want to get people, our weapon is going to be culture. Our weapon is not going to be money, right? Because we don't have any money yet, right? Our weapon is going to be culture. And that's where the ping pong tables, the pool tables, that's where all that came out because People have got to have fun at work. If you have fun at work, you you like your colleagues, you like what you're doing, you'll do a good job, right? And yes, remuneration is totally important, but that's that's a once a year conversation, right? How much you enjoy work is an everyday conversation. Culture is an everyday conversation. I love the way you put that, yeah. and completely agree. And actually, you brought you brought us back to where we started, which was the the similarities between technology and construction. They're huge, and, and you just highlighted a few. One is if you make a mistake down the bottom, that mistake you're going to make that that mistake's going to ripple a thousand times through through your building or, or through an app, which I'm learning currently yeah. with what we're doing. But also the labor shortage. Totally, yeah, they're, they're all in demand. You know, the same way there's um, app developers being paid obscene sums of money. There's also uh, trades being paid crazy money to, it's and ridiculous. project managers paid crazy money. Yeah, and um, um, and how you handling that? Look, it's a big challenge. Mm. We we've got a huge recruitment strategy for the year, but it's it's not easy. It's not easy because you start you write down who you need, and then when you start going out to recruit, you start going, "Do I really need this person?" Based on what I'm seeing in the market, can we wait? Can this person do a bit more? It's a lot easier conversation to have when you know you've got really good people already, right? That will cover each other's back should they need to, right? So. 
we've got some really solid staff that that outperform right now their duties because possibly we could we could hire a few more to make life a bit easier. But we won't dilute the quality just to have bums on seats. That's the exact position I'm in, actually. Yeah. When you have great staff, a great team, you're not desperate to add more people on the team because you can still operate successfully as you are now, which puts you in a very strong position because at that point, like Cub, I'm speaking about Cub uh, right now, we're not desperate for any role. Okay, do we have targets that we want to hit that we would need new people to come in and, and to, to help us achieve that? Yes, we do. But if we didn't hit though, if we didn't make those moves, we're still going to be a highly successful business regardless. And it's because we've got a great team. So it's like a safe position to be. So get in that core team. When the core's good, yeah. everything else is, yeah. is, is you can choose. And yeah. that's what the goal is right in business, right? To choose the next step. Yes. Right? Wow. Goal, right? You're dropping bombs on me today. That's what I like, like to do. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, tell me, you 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 seem very um, into the systems operations, and, and that's important to you. Um, how did you learn about that? How did you learn the importance of uh, of that? Because were, were you in uh, the family business um, from the beginning, or did you learn that from somewhere else? So uh, so our our family business was always the talking point at some. Anyway, the dinner table, the the way to work with dad, whatever it was, somehow the business would come up, right? And, you know, now I look back on it and I understand the terminology of manifestation, right? I actually feel like dad was manifesting it all those years, right? You know, those, those lunch conversations, those things, right? And, I, and over time I was like, okay, whatever, like when I finish school, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. I was, always, I was always a hard worker, right? But, I was, you know, I'll figure out what to do at the end. And then when I finished school, and, you know, I finished school in – in 07, right? And that was the peak of everyone wants to work at Macquarie Bank, let's be an investment banker. So so in my mind, I was never going to be in development and construction, right? Because it was two, three-story walk-ups that we were doing. It wasn't sexy, right? It was just... And you had seen, you'd seen it firsthand. And yeah. It didn't look sexy from the well, outside. No, so growing up, I'd work on, on building sites, you know, during the school holidays for a bit of pocket money, right? And, uh, you know, I, I experienced what it was. And look, even from back then, it was a it was a full, hardcore, hands-on business. So when I finished school, I worked in the office side of things, right? I was too good for the site, obviously, right? <laughs> so I finished school, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going pretty to, crash I'm go to uni, right? You know, I don't work on sites, right? And then so I was in the office and I was sitting around with the team and it was a team of maybe 10, right, back then. This was, you know, 08. And we were, I was going through, okay, I was just, Tasks were given to me and I was like, okay, this sounds like a bit of a manual task. Okay, I'll do this, I'll do this. Never really understood or never really, really was explained what the purpose of this task was, right? It was more like just, a, just get it done, just get it done, do this, right? After a while, I realized that there's actually, those tasks were not structured and how they're given to me or not. It, was just, it comes up, give it to Troy, Troy will do it, you know? I was like, I just, I'm doing civil engineering. I'm doing um, commerce with finance background, right? I Surely... I've got more to do than this, right? And I said, you know, growing up, construction, going to construction sites was always a big thing. You know, and our sites were, were cute back then, right? They were, you know. What size? Uh, look, 20 units. No, it's not small, right? But, but it's cute compared to, to now. Cute compared to, you know, like when you're in engineering and you're looking at these skyscrapers and you're going, okay, that's the, the dream. So I just applied to some internships and and they I applied too late. So when I figured out that, I need to learn out. They were, I applied too late. And then I just applied to a cadetship at Multiplex. I was like, cadetship, three days a week. I do, I'm do. i spent to do 25 hours a week at uni. How's this number going to work? doesn't work, right? Let's just apply. So then I applied and then interview happened. Didn't tell anyone. Then interview happened. Another interview happened. And I was like, geez, okay. I'm probably going to get this job. I'll figure it out later on. And then I ended up getting the job and I was like, oh, shit, I've got to cadetship at multiplex like this is an awesome opportunity um and then i but you just, were still at uni i was still at uni time. yeah it didn't work with uni it didn't in, in my mind there's no chance my dad is going to let me go and work somewhere else right because you know in my mind i was like he might lose me <laughs> right whereas that was funny right and um so i just said to dad said, dad i've got a job at multiplex i'm not going to take it he's like what are you talking about i'm like I'm not going to take it. I'm working here. He's like, mate, go away, go and learn, 
when I need you, I'll call you back. Wow. Right? And that was – like that's a big thing to do, right? Like because I could have gone there and I could have gone, I'm not coming back, right? And then all that manifestation wouldn't have worked, right? So it was those years of multiplex that taught me processes, systems. Look, this is a big company, right? So it's a massive, probably the biggest construction company in Australia, right? They're international. They – need the systems and processes because the people running the sites are employees. They are not owners of the business. They're employees. Employees are meant to be accountable, right? And to make them accountable, it's systems, processes, and reporting. When it's your own business. Well, your, da- your dad yeah. hacked the system. He had three sons. Yeah. <laughs> he said, each of you in charge of something. <laughs> yeah. And and I have to say, you know, 15 years later, it's it's amazing how we kind of just – we don't over, we overlap when it comes to strategic priorities for the business, but when it comes to actually the BAU stuff, like what we, our operational areas, we're pretty defined in our own areas. So, look, maybe that's just maturity. Maybe I keep saying that manifestation. Maybe it was that from such a young age, going, you know, this is business. You know, we want to be successful as a business, and let's do it right. And look, my dad was a workaholic up until five p.m. every day. Right, like he was not late nights. He was not overseas trips. He was home every day. So for me, it wasn't like business is everything, right? It was just like business is the means to an end at the moment, right? But then when we came into the business, it was like, oh shit, it's a big opportunity here. <laughs> it really is everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I was like, geez, okay, well, there's actually there's a, there's a big business here. And yes, we just head down, bummed up, whatever, bum, whatever it is, that the other way around, right? And we just just went hard at it. But what I think is just interesting is that, I mean, your dad probably had the foresight of, okay, Troy needs to go work at Multiplex because he's going to learn how these big companies work and function and he can bring that back and help us uh, go to that next level as well. And that's what you did. And, I mean, that's a great lesson for any uh, entrepreneur in that, well, you know, if, if you want to start a business uh, in this industry or this type of business, maybe it's not a bad idea to go work at a, a much larger version of that business to see what they look like 30, 50 years down the track because then you at least know what you're working toward. <laughs> you know, okay, well, to get this size, this is how this works. So, you know, you can bring those – it's like seeing the end of the vision, the inside the, – the, how can I make a good metaphor for this? <laughs> it's kind of – anyway, it, it helps you see how something much later in its life functions so that you have that vision when you at the very start of the journey. Absolutely. And you have to do it at a point when you're moldable, right? And I guess with all due respect to the big companies, also don't do it for too long, right? Because the longer you do it, the more rigid you become, right? So for doing it for two years, you know, everyone's like – was that, a, was that enough? And I was like, yeah, that was enough, right? Yeah. Because if I did it five years, six years. Become damaged goods. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be like, oh, no, no, we don't do that. That guy, that guy we need to hire this person because that's what that person does. That guy's the guy that staples the papers over there. No, we don't need, we don't do that. You become systemized. That's and right. Like uh, you put in the system. You, you, can't, you, you can't figure out how to problem solve anymore. That's You're right. Just you, like- there's always someone there to solve the problems because there's so many people, right? So be, I, look, I got really lucky with Multiplex because I was put on a really small job one of the smallest jobs. So that meant small team, full exposure, all the same processes, right? So that was just like 12 months crash course of all the systems and processes, but there was only five of us on the site, which is unheard of. So I got really lucky that way. Everyone's like, you know, we want to go and work on, you know, the Star City was being refurbed at that time. And that was like the go-to project everyone wanted to work on. It's Star City, it's exotic, let's go there. I got put on Auburn Hospital, right? Like I'm a North Shore boy being put on an Auburn Hospital. Like that was a, and I was just like, give me whatever you've got, let's do it. And um, I learned a lot. And funnily enough, look how full circle it is. I'm building a small hospital right now in a, one of our projects in the, in a, in the aged care facility. Like but, what a small world. But also it shows that, you know, the, the greatest – shows how dumb people are when they're young actually because like – I mean I can relate to what you said before which you were like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not getting on site. And when you're young, you're just so dumb. Like you just, you don't entitled. Really, yeah, you're an enti- entitled. I mean, that might just, we both came from families of business. That might mm. just be us. But, but entitlement is just the, it's the devil. 
you know, to, to be successful, you need to be successful yourself. And to be successful, no matter who you are, you need to, you need, I clean the toilets at Cub often. If I walk in there, I'll wipe the piss off the floor because I don't give a fuck. You know, I, I'm willing to do anything. I, I don't care to, 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 to build something. And, and that's when, when, when you, we, sorry, to bring this back to what you were saying is you know, when you were young, there was that entitlement, but then you realize, oh, wow, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest lessons I had was not doing the sexy thing at the start. It was actually going to Auburn to a, to a hospital. We're doing a site with a small number of people that no one wanted to work on. And that's where I got my biggest opportunity in terms of learning. And build, and you build humility, right? You, you, you've got to be in everyone's shoes before you can manage, I believe, before you can manage people in those shoes, you need to have had your feet, your feet in them before, right? It's very hard to understand, right, a labourer on site and what drives them when you haven't been a labourer or a cadet that's working the development team if you've never been a cadet, right, or even anyone, right? So and it, that it, with saying that, it, you don't always have to be in that shoe. If you've been in enough shoes, you've got enough of a perspective to understand, okay, that person today, then – they're a bit off. You know, I've got exposure to a lot of different people and unfortunately in my roles that I do, but they're a bit off. Let me take them for a coffee. Let me see what's going on. Maybe something's going on because you care about the person first because if you care about the person, then the business, they'll do well for your business, right? And you can't be that person if you haven't been there. Like you've, if you've never scrubbed the toilets, right? When you see the cleaner, they're doing it. Right, you'll never really respect them, right? Because you haven't actually been in their shoes before. You can't empathize with them. That's right. You can't. You can't under- relate to. Oh, I hate. I hate wiping this floor. <laughs> you know, like you can't relate to it. And, be- and when you can't empathize with someone, yeah, you can't put yourself in their shoes. And when you can't put themselves in, you, when you can't put yourselves in their shoes, you don't understand them. When you don't understand them. You can't work with them. You can't work with them correctly because you you don't know how to motivate them. You don't know how to to demotivate them. them. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, it's about vision. You know, the bigger your vision, the and that's just that's with work, but with life and the world, the bigger your vision of the world and the the bigger your empathy towards others, the the stronger you are as a human. Absolutely, doesn't and- mean. Sorry, yeah, you know, and, and there's a, there's a quote I listened to in a, in a podcast before, which was, you know, you've got you solve your problems with your staff's dreams, right? Love and, that, and that's 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 the goal, right? That that problems, as in like whatever you need to get done, you got to solve it with their dreams, right? As soon as it's just solving them by paying them, right? It's it's your your it's just a transaction, right? So when you actually know what drives them, you know, because this in our business being integrated, that is the challenge, right? There is so many different types of people, right? We've got such an array of, of, of personalities, uh, which I love, right? It's probably the, the most fun thing about our business, right? Because we're not dealing with the same type of person all day, every day. We're dealing with the creative in design. We're dealing with the tough and, re, you know, resilient in construction, the, the ambitious and, you know, the motivated in sales and, you know, you know and then you've got, you know, the deals at, at the acquisition side and, Post-construction, then you're dealing with the empathy and humility and, and that um, like that dignity piece, right, after construction and develop, the development's finished and you know, all the work's done, but there's still six years of r- responsibility we've got. Is that is that the law? So after you build something, then the, the builder or developer has to fix any problems for six years? Two years for minor, six years for major, right? So major structural and waterproofing, right, which is, you know, you – if you've done a good job, they should that shouldn't happen for six yeah. years, right? And don't get me wrong, we don't get it perfect, right? But we know that damn straight when it comes up that we're all on it. That we've got to resolve it. Well, I, I wonder how how you guys view things because being a family business and being intergenerational now, surely you ha- or I assume you'd have quite a long term. Well, you've got a long term vision of the company. But also the company is you, in, is, is the family. And therefore, you know, there must be a lot of pressure to, to build quality, you know, to, 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 to do the right thing, to, 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 to go back um, uh, for any small problem after the build, to, to fix as quickly as possible for the people that you sold to, to treat staff correctly. And, I mean, I'm – 
talking out of my just talking out of wacky, but I mean, if I was to be looking at buying an apartment, buying one from a developer, like a, a family business, intergenerational, good reputation, that's probably who you want to buy from because you know they are defending not just their their brand. It's not just the brand; it's the it's the family. Um, is that is that yeah, we, how you we, view it? Or? We take our we take our responsibility really seriously, right? We are we are the sole, the, we are one of the biggest decisions most people make in their lives, right? You don't really buy much bigger than your the, the family home or your investment property, right? It's not many things you buy bigger, right? Unless you've you, know, you buy it well, unless you don't it, care about money that that's much. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So we take our job really seriously, right? Yes, absolutely. We've got certain metrics that we need to follow, right? But we loosen those metrics a fair bit, right? When when business gets in the way of that responsibility piece, right? So so we yeah we we have to like we've quality has always been at the forefront of everything we've always done, right? And that's what I really um, you know attest to the strong character of my father, right? He's always been a proponent of just supporting the need for quality. You do a quality job, everything else should be relatively straightforward, right? Now, speed is a factor, right? Because costs are just so expensive, right? So, you know, you have your crane up, you have your team there for an extra month right now. It's way more expensive than what it used to be. So speed is a driving factor as well. Obviously, getting money in the door is important because that drives the future projects. But speed, but quality, qual- it's always quality. Quality is uncompromised. It's always speed and it's, it's dollars and time. They're the, they're the levers that we pull, right, when it comes to a project. You can never, you never pull quality as the lever, Right. Some people do, right? A lot, actually, a lot of people do. They, yeah, right? a lot of people, lot do, of people and, do, and and when people do that, it and you can be very rich and successful from doing that, but it's short lived. Eventually, yeah. your building license is getting taken, or your you know, or your brand or reputation gets destroyed. No one wants to build from you, and then people don't pay too much for your apartments, and your profits go, and that f- further fuels the cycle of bad quality, so you can make it cheaper. And I think if you want to build. I mean, I, I really like what you said is that, and it depends on 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 the business, whatever, but there's always like a non-negotiable. And, and for your business and brand, the non-negotiable from what you're saying is quality. Now, once we've got quality, so once we know, okay, I can build something good, then it's, okay, how do we make this work uh, as a business? Yeah, how do we keep our staff safe, keep future jobs coming, keep uh, benefiting society by, by building hospitals, homes, and, and childcare centers, whatever else they might be. Um, but that's, that's that, that, that kind of quality being first. And what I, another thought. Will you buy again if I didn't do a good quality job? Yeah, exactly. Never, right? And, yeah. and it might mean that, you know, sometimes by building something high quality, you might build it slower, whether it be that, you know, the apartment or the, or, or the company. Um the apartment probably wouldn't be a good idea because then you wouldn't make money, but the company. And when you build something high quality and slower, I just think you build something stronger. So, you know, if you grew to um, a thousand units uh, a year in, in five years, or if you grew to a thousand units a year in 30 years, the 30 year company is just going to be a lot more, it's going to be a lot stronger. It's going to be a lot more stable. It's not going anywhere. You know, that company's still going to be there. And, and I just think there's something for people to think about, to not get obsessed with, with speed of growth. Cause you always hear the fastest growing, this happening, let, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you the hack, right? The hack that everyone thinks that if you build cheap, you're doing a bad quality job. Like, let me tell you the hack. It Building quality is literally down to your people. It's all it is. You have educated people on your project. That's all it is, right? The waterproofer that does a, a shit quality job and a good quality job is not is charging $5 more a square meter for waterproofing. But it's not about waterproofing, right? That's what the thing is. Everyone thinks a leaking bathroom comes because the waterproofing wasn't done right. It's not right. It's because the concrete didn't have falls to the drains. That's the first thing. Then, then if it doesn't have falls to the drains, people put waterproof on top of it. Water ponds on the waterproofing, right? It delaminates it. It gets so it get it pretty much peels off the waterproofing. You know, anyone when you see water sitting on anything, it peels off, right? Because it's just that's just how it is, right? That's the hack is understanding actual the science behind why problems happen, and then to solve it, you just have really good people, 
You don't have to chuck money at it, right? You don't have to chuck money. You have good training, good education, and you empower your people to take responsibility. It's, it's, it's a lot of shit what people are saying that quality costs money to do the basic, the six-year stuff, right? The six-year stuff I'm referring to. Yes, we build nice 80 mil kitchens and that costs money, right? But that's not quality of- um, Fundamental the, work. like That's the, right. That's not the fundamental. The that's, that's just, a, you know, you, want, you, you can buy a good car and a bad car, right? Like a, a, a reliable and non-reliable car, right? Like that's, it's very different to, I guess the point I'm trying to make is people attribute their excuses for quality about money. It's not. It's about you just don't know what you're doing. So why do you think a lot of developers do um, do a low-quality job? Well, think of it this way. We can't blame anyone, right? So when you've got a builder that's not your company that you've paid money to and in this market, a shitload of money to, right? As a developer, you're paying them to be the experts, right? You think of it this way. How many builders have gone broke, right? That means there's a shortage of builders, Right? If there's a shortage of builders, it means that builders are going to extend themselves beyond what they're comfortable to do. When you extend yourself, you dilute your quality of your people. When you dilute the quality of your people, that's the problem with quality, right? There's not quality people, it's quality people. So, right? but really what you're saying is it's not a person thing. It's an industry issue that's that's causing – it's it's really a costing issue that's causing um, builders to – to have to compromise in order to survive a, a difficult industry. They've got to stay true to their laurels, right? They've got to stay true to the, and and that's what I respect the building commissioner for coming and doing, right? He's saying, hey guys, don't just fluke this building. You need to be a real builder to do a good job, right? And you know, having a pretty analytical background that I've had, my brothers have got, like we've, we started that process a long time ago, well before the building commissioner, right? So when, Questions come about what's, what are you doing here? How are you doing that? It's not like, oh shit, let's scramble to find an answer. We've always, we've had those answers, right? We've been building up our database for many, many years to stick, to put ourselves as different from the others, right? Yes, there's projects that go on around us and, you know, we go, okay, that's going to have problems. I can just tell. You can tell a project's going to have problems. The fencing looks shit. The site looks unsafe. If you don't care about safety and, and how you're building your project looks, are you going to give a shit about quality? So, yeah, you, you're noticing the way you do one thing, the way you do a small thing is how you're doing a big thing. If a small thing's looking a bit dodged, well, the whole, whole probably building's getting done probably yeah. the same way. The Office of the Building Commissioner was approaching sites that had poor safety records to find quality problems because the impression was if you don't care about safety – there's no change you care about quality. And that's something every business can do. You know, if someone walks into your uh, office and it it's a mess, they're probably going to be like, okay, these people are a mess. Yeah. You know, or like it, the way you do, or if someone answers the phone, the reception answers the phone and they sound disinterested and you know, probably the rest of the staff might be yeah. disinterested. You know, it, it really, it, 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 it brings forwards the importance of team values, like culture. Uh, yeah, culture, That's the culture and, piece and getting I'm the people in, in line. That's what the culture piece you I'm did, talking about. Yeah. You did also kind of highlight um, an element of strategy that you guys are currently benefiting from. I'm assuming mm. you don't have to hire a builder because you 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 also have the building element. There's no blaming in our game. Yeah, right? so in you our, have full in our ownership. No blaming. Absolutely, can't everything. blame the builder. Can't blame the designer. Can't blame anyone. Right? Like we. If someone comes and says they've got a problem, there's no – that's a group huddle in our business. It's not a call that consultant, call that person and do this. It's a group huddle to resolve it. If right? I was going to be a developer, ask Laura, uh, ownership is actually one of Cub's principles yeah. for the team. So we, we, gonna, we own it's one of our cult, yeah, one of ours. If well. I was going to yeah. be a developer, I would be exactly like what you guys run. Yeah. I, I like having control over every element. Absolutely. Because then but you can guarantee every element. It's It's – it's really hard now to do that, right? It's really hard to start that from scratch. Again, there's a few things, a lot of things that we're grateful for that the business started that way. Being integrated has, is really hard, right? And we have we have we have this discussions, right? You know, once a month. Should we just, you know, drop one of the integrations? Should we just be a desktop developer, right? We know what we're doing, right? We can control an external builder. We can control this, control that, right? You tell me how you deal with COVID and building, right? If we didn't have a building company in-house, we would have really struggled during COVID. Why? 
because we were delayed. The industry shut down for two weeks, right? If that was a third-party builder, they would have just gone, oh, here are the costs of this. It's not, our, it's not our fault, right? Mixed with we do a bespoke customization for our units, right? It's, un, it's, it's unmatched in the industry, right? So we do something called Live Your Way, which is literally you can customize your apartment, right? And think of it this way. We've got a project in St. Leonard's right now. We've sold about 40% of it, right? And we're offering Live Your Way continuing, right? So we're building and we've still got apartments to sell and we're promoting with those apartments to sell, not yet, that I haven't purchased yet, that you can still do Live Your Way. You've got a builder. The minute that, that the first house is getting demolished, your contract's locked. They're not going to accept any extras changes. or changes or whatever, right? So we're like, no, no, design teams in-house so we can modify the drawings really easily. I'm, I'm talking um, aesthetic items. I'm not talking with bathrooms, et cetera, right? But I'm talking- Tiles. Tile, you know, Kitchen top. That's right. Top. That's right. Yeah, color schemes. I'm talking uh, curtains, blinds, upholstery, um, anything to underfloor heating in bathrooms, right? Like, like any builder, especially right now, will go, sorry, guys, we ain't doing that. And if we're doing it, Here's the cost, and it's just it will kill it will kill that option for us to do it. But but again, you you're describing, uh, so you're you're clearly you're taking advantage of a strategic choice. You know, you're saying okay, because we've got everything in house. Yes, that is difficult, but how can we use that as a strength? And so the in house, I mean the not in uh, what did you call it? Fully integrated yeah, strategy. You you're clearly leveraging. That stra- you, you're leveraging, the, you're taking advantage of the strengths that that strategy brings. And that's- Staying nimble, right? We stay nimble that way. It's just right? the heart yeah. of every any company, builder or not. You have to understand your your business strategy and then you have to use that to to, to your advantage to, to create a point of difference to a customer so that they choose you, not not your competitor. Absolutely. And, and you guys are just one of the, I, I mean, I've spoken to, I know a lot of de- developers- and builders. I don't know a lot of fully integrated developers. Um, uh, I may know one other, but but um, uh, look, it's a unique thing that we. Do. Oh no, yes, yeah. yeah, so it's unique. Yeah. <laughs> that's my yeah. point. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it's, and that's probably a large part of your success. But it's very hard, I'd imagine, because so people can't just do what you do, which is also an important part of strategy. You can't be easily replicable. And I mean, imagine how, because you're running multiple businesses. You're running the real estate agency, the building, the developing. You're running the design firm. You're basically yeah, like running four nine, or five businesses. Yeah, we've got in nine one. designers in-house that are fully accredited on Revit, which wow. is like an advanced design software, right? So it, it's it's no joke in terms of – it's not a couple of designers sitting there with sketch pads, right? It's fully, you know, 5D modeling of, of projects, right, for coordination and, and clash detection, right? It, it, it's – it's, they're all teams in their own rights. The, the thing is, if you ask me that question, if it was just me alone without two really strong brothers, I'd say this would be really hard to do, right? So I, I, I also attribute the, the ability of us doing that as being this th- is three engines on this plane, right? And that's the thing, three jets on this plane. And that's, that's what makes it easier to, to absorb the stresses that come with it amongst the three of us. But again, you're using your attributes as a company, which also happens to be as a family, to to execute a strategy that is hard to replicate by other people, which creates a point of difference for your business, totally. which drives further growth. You know, any business can look, it's like, what can I do or how can I do what I do differently to others in a way that they can't easily copy what I do? And that's when you have a good strategy. And then you just fucking hammer that home. You just market those points of difference like no other. When we were putting together the rule books, right, there was a, there was a little nervousness, right, about, okay, someone could just take this and go run away with it and start their own high court. That's how I feel right? when I write operations too. But then, you know, there's a good other quote, right? You know, just because you watch a Bruce Lee movie doesn't mean you know Kung Fu, right? That's another thing as well, right? Like, you, like you, 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 the heart, the soul, the culture, that's what you need with that book. Right, you can you can still all of our things and how we do it. Right, if you don't have the heart, the culture, the tenacity, the the vibe that we bring, right, and the and the safety net that we bring, right. Don't get me wrong, with that book comes a shitload of experience, right. We've done, you know, we've done thousands of units, right. Like that's not just, and that's on our pocket, right. You never learn more than your own pocket, right. And so that's just because we put it on paper doesn't mean that someone can take it and go. Oh, 
I'll do a thousand units as well. No, there's, uh, we're more than just a a system, a, a business of processes and systems. We're we are like we're a, cult, it's a living the culture. organism. A Absolutely, business. it's not just you can't have the operations without the culture. You can't have the culture without the people. You can't have the money without the sales system. <laughs> yeah, like That's right. you've got it's it's a living, breathing thing, and and, and it changes. But but. Um, I just think your business should be studied as a case study on, on on strategy. I really do. I think it's, I think it's it's in the property industry. It's probably the one of the most strategic, uh, strategically focused businesses I've I've um, I've ever seen. And like I keep saying, that's replicable replicable for any business to to think, you know, to 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 see what you do with strategy, and then to think how they can do it with strategy, not in construction, I'm talking any business. And and on the point of uh, operations being copied, my old man said to me, he's like, look, people can see what you do, but they they can copy what you're doing now, but they don't know what you're going to do. They mm. can't see what you're doing, the future. And that's something that always stuck with me because totally. it's like, yeah, okay, well, they, they can copy what I'm doing now, but I'm already thinking about the next thing. And by the time they get to what I'm doing now, I'm on to the next thing anyway. Yeah, you can always assume that, that you know Daniel Hakim spends all day just doing this business, right? And that's that's a really simple way to look at it, right? But anyone that's worth their their weight, right, would know that this is BAU. What Daniel actually spends his time on is the growth and strategy for the next. What's going to happen? That's right. That's that's and that's what as as business leaders and owners that we should be do, spending our time on. Yes, I have to say that I personally get bogged down a lot more in the detail of what's going on, right? And that's. I think that's needed in the integrated business too, right? Like that's, you don't, they don't write that in executive, you know, handbooks that you should be in the detail, but they also don't have the integrated businesses aren't that but also, common as well. Yeah. But also your business, like we said, is like technology in that it's so detail orientated that you almost need to know that the details are being done correctly. Like, because that that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest causes of risk for you finishing on time, high quality, doing everything. It's like, okay, was the first thing done correctly? You know, and and it's like building so apps pro- like what I'm doing now. Pro- you need to have a plan. You need to have the architecture done. You need to know what it's going to look like. Then they need, then they build it. You so, know? Every, so every year a project finishes and then when a new project, when a project finishes, then it gets, you know, when it hits two years, they do a report, they come up with items that they've raised, and we go, yep, no worries, let's do it, right? When you're integrated, that report comes into the construction team, then it sits with the design team. We go, okay, guys, these problems are arising, right? For whatever reason, have we addressed them for these projects, right? And then we go, yep. And then slowly you just keep ticking away at generating a it's, – it's impossible, but you try and get a fault-proof system, right? Because your learnings keep circling back as feedback into the business, right? Because you're integrated. If that was an external builder and there's problems, right, that could be a different builder the next job. So do you, do you really care about teaching that person – to do a better job. So you do a job, builder comes up with problems. Okay, I want you to do a better, but you could be using, you know, DH building for the next job and they don't, you gotta teach it all again. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. And, and tell me, cause we, we, we have to we have to wrap up soon. Sorry, yeah. How old are you? 33. 33 next month. Next month. And uh, how long you been married for? Uh, 2018, right? So five years this year. Okay, and you got two daughters? Two little ones, yep. Two little baby girls. How has having, how is having, uh, how is starting of how how did starting a family impact your way of thinking towards business? Look, I've always been obsessed with time, right? Time, yeah, okay. The old cliche, time is money, absolutely right. But I've always been obsessed with time because that's the only thing that we all have the same amount of, right? So we, you know, yes, everyone's got destined for different situations in life, right? But time is the same thing that, you know, you know, I've got the same amount of time today, right? So it made me use time more effectively because, you know, Warren Buffett's got a saying that, you know, you spend what's left after saving, not save what's left after spending. And I'm the same when it comes to time as well with my family, right? Like I've, this is my family time. Whatever's left over is my work time, right? And that's just a well-structured, you know, work time and my own time. So... Yeah, so early, look, really the easiest move was early starts. I start early, my kids are asleep, my wife's asleep, train early. That was a quick, complete reverse. I used to train at night, train in the morning. So automatically dead hours become live hours for me. And then I'm home by 5.30. And I mean choosing 
choosing a fantastic partner just helps you accomplish more in life. They gotta they gotta be your they gotta be your biggest fan, right? If they don't I love that. Yeah, they've gotta be. If they don't support you, then then what are you doing it for? Right? Like they've got to they've got to appreciate what you do, what you're trying to achieve and bring them as much into your problems as possible, right? Because you know, as guys, we shelter ourselves and go, ah, whatever. Had a big problem today, but I'll just hold it to myself and you won't be yourself at dinner and, you know, the kids will go to sleep and, baby, I've got to go back onto my computer and do work, right? You know, I've learned talking to my wife about the problem. Um, she doesn't have the solution. It doesn't matter. No, but you, they help you think about it differently. They bring perspective. Totally. What I find is they, they make you start thinking differently. It's like they they, they don't know maybe the, the details of the – uh, you know, of the, of the issue or whatever, but somehow they just make you think, you know, a partner can make you, a partner even even that, you know, especially that's completely separate to the business, they can make you look at the things from a different angle. And she's given me some solid nuggets of advice, right? And normally it's to do with you're overthinking this. Um, take a breath, take it easy. Tomorrow's a new day. Um, you know, very, like my wife, my wife is very, very wise and she's very helpful and she's always supported me. So, Look, it's, it's good to have that sounding board there, even if it's, you know, I've got two sounding boards in my brothers and my dad, right? So I can, they can literally go, nah, this guy's fucked and do this and do that, right? And that's one opinion. Her opinion is purely, yeah, I, can re- I know you well enough to read you. I know you know what to do. Let me just help you get there. Yeah, that's cool. M- marry yeah. your biggest fan. I love that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, all right, we normally finish with a book recommendation saying, are you a big reader? I... I read a lot of half books, right? Because then, then I found another cool book and then I read yeah. that. So you got ADD. Yeah, so, <laughs> totally, right? And that's just, yeah. So, but uh, 48 Laws of Power, that's, 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 I a love cool that book, book yeah. too. That's a good book. It's always got some good, um, easy to read points that are memorable. Yeah, yeah. I read, I actually read a, 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 like a, second version of that book or something as well. I can't remember what it's called. But for our amazing listeners, if you want to find out more about Troy Abalakian or High Corp, you can go to cup.club forward slash podcast and you can find it all there. Get in contact with them. They are hiring at the moment. They're looking for amazing staff. And as you can tell, it would be an incredible company. I might even quit Cub and fucking move over because I reckon you, our company principles are pretty similar. Totally. Um, and I should probably learn how to develop. I am Lebanese after all. I need to, I need to learn how to build something. It's just some of our guys. Uh, yeah. No worries. <laughs> um, and if you want to catch up with Cub on social media, it's at, it's at Club United Business on Instagram. It's also awesome there. Troy, thank you so much, man. That was that was a, a really fantastic call. Thanks I felt like me. you were just kept dropping. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be hard for us to find good sound bites to promote this episode with. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Good on you. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you.